Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. High end. Welcome back to the Brodo Heat Wave, powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days, brought to you by the Brodo team, Mike Petrop, Jason Petrop, Tim Petrop, and Santiago Casanova. Oh, yes, baby. Welcome back to the Summer Heat Wave, powered by the Brodo, by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Excuse me, 32 teams in 32 days doing it, bro. Toe style going over every single fantasy relevant player. Today, we are going to finish off the AFC East with the Miami Dolphins. I am your host, Tim Petrop, joined by only Michael today. Um, before we get going, we want to remind you to download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app that has every single tool you need to draft a winning team and keep a winning team during the season, and it is now free for a limited time. On the app, you can get Fantasy player cards, which is a player profiler except way cooler. Who to draft tool, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every single stat you need, including exclusive statistics, true throw value, true target value, true performance value, rushing yards over expected, and tons more. This is free for a limited time thanks to our patrons over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy join now to support the show and the app but most importantly to join the community on discord play in leagues with the broto bros get an extra podcast per week waiver podcast private team consultations free giveaways the dfs optimizer and so much more and as always the broto hub is brotofantasy.com where you can find all things broto let's dive in Head coach is Brian Flores, and their offensive coordinator is interesting. They have two offensive coordinators this year, George Gotze and Eric Studesville. One of them is going to be the pass game coordinator, and one of them is going to be the run game coordinator from, from how I understand the situation. So definitely a unique situation for the Dolphins. Um, One unique situation that they are not in is they find themselves with a terrible offensive line. 29th uh, going into the year on PFF. Austin Jackson, their rookie left tackle. Austin Jackson um, and the Giants, Andrew Thomas, like really were struggled in that crop of... if If you guys don't remember last year, you know how quarterbacks were this year where they were these five can't miss prospects? That's what left tackle was like last year. And... Three of them worked out, uh, and two of them, two of them so far are struggling. So they're hoping for a big turnaround out of Austin Jackson, uh, and they're going to need that because Tua uh, did not have the greatest season last year. Uh, they're playing with two, um, they're playing with two offensive coordinators. Um, they finished fifteenth in, in points for last year, so right in the middle. They're obviously a way more efficient team with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but Tua was a solid quarterback um i was listening to an interview with the creator of the uh the football outsiders that do dvoa and he said that we we saw justin herbert last year and we kind of got like spoiled on what a rookie quarterback should be doing like in any other year uh Tua would have had a decent rookie season but because he was put up against fitz who's obviously a veteran who was doing good things for the offense, 
And because it was he was against Herbert, people think he had this crappy uh, time when he didn't. So, Michael, how are you feeling about Tua? I know that this is a guy who you, in the beginning, were like, like no way. And then you definitely have been warming up to him as time has gone on. Uh, how do you feel about Tua now? <clears throat> yeah, Tua is a... Look, I, I didn't like Tua coming out of college, right? And everything he did his rookie season, in my opinion, if I had to bet on it, I'd say that I was right at the moment. But guess what? No one could predict how these quarterbacks um, are going to turn out in their careers 100% accurately. I thought Josh Allen sucked after his first year. Josh Allen's now one of the best QBs in the league. It happens. Like, I'm not sitting here saying that I'm a QB whisperer. So maybe I could be wrong about Tua. Maybe I could be right. I'd say it's like a 60-40 chance right now on the side of Tua not being very good. But he's a, he's going as the QB 21. So even if there's more of a chance that he sucks than he's good, at the cost of QB 21, pay to find out. Like, why not? Because currently, this guy, after throwing to nobody last year, he still has Devontae Parker, who is his de facto wide receiver one. But now he has Will Fuller, who is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league. They used their top 10 pick on Jalen Waddell. Their offensive line isn't great, like you said, Tim, but they did spend the second-round pick on an offensive lineman. Maybe he turns out to be a decent uh, lineman from the jump. And they still have Devontae Parker there. They still have Mike Kosicki there. And last season... This dude was coming off of a really bad hip injury that people thought may have been even career-threatening. And he was still the second overall pick in the draft. That's how highly touted he was as a prospect. Fifth. And he's coming off... Fifth. And he's coming off a tremendous rookie uh, preseason. Like, there's no way, there's no denying the fact that Tua looked good this preseason. I know it because there were a million victory laps about Tua all over Twitter. Calm down with those, folks. <laughs> Calm down with the preseason Twitter victory laps. Those do not look good very often. But, dude, at this cost of QB21, if he sucks, who cares, right? Like, you might as well draft Tua at QB21 because, honestly, I think QB21 is his floor because he has some rushing potential, too, and he has good weapons around him on a team that isn't expected to be all bad. Like, I don't think the Dolphins are going to be one of the worst teams in the league. I think they could they could um, end up having a mid-level offense. And the one thing that Tua did show out a little bit in last year was deep ball throwing. He was a pretty solid deep ball thrower. That was probably his best attribute. And now they spent a, ten, uh, a top 10 pick on Jalen Waddell and brought in one of the premier deep threats in the game, Will Fuller. I just... It, it's kind of crazy to me to see Tua going at QB 21 behind like three rookies in Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance, and guys like Matt Ryan. Like, where's the upside in taking Matt Ryan over Tua Tagovailoa? Where's the upside in that? Don't ask me. I'm the wrong person to ask. So, like, I'm I'm not a big Tua guy. I, I think more than if I had to bet, I'd say he's a mid-range starting quarterback and doesn't become a star but if I'm wrong and he just needed a year to get better and to recover from his injury then so be it at QB 21 that is 1000% a price to pay we don't hate players we hate ADPs 
And sometimes even players I think that could be bad, I'll take them at their ADP because even if they aren't great, they could still beat their ADP. And that's exactly what it is with Tua. I think he will absolutely be QB 21 or better. And that's his current ADP right now with the weapons that he has. Give me Tua. And, and also, um, I'm not saying... I'm talking like I'm not saying draft Tua as your QB one in a one quarterback league. I'm saying one, if it's a two quarterback league, two is a great deal at cost. And two, if you wait on quarterback and you end up the streaming type, putting Tua on your bench to see if he balls out the first couple weeks and ends up taking that step up isn't a bad idea either. I so. yeah, uh, you know it's 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 tough with Tua because you know. He doesn't look to me like he's the real deal, personally. Um, never never really did, but he doesn't look like he's a, he's a faker either. He has potential. I could see him taking the next step, but I'm not betting on that. And when you're looking at the wide receivers on this team, Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, Jalen Waddell are the ones you're really looking at. You got to buy into Tua to buy into these guys because, at, first of all, Devontae Parker has been completely forgotten in fantasy circles. Um, so it's really Fuller and Waddle, and none of these guys are really going high. So all of these guys are all QB dependent, and people right now, as you said, two is going at QB twenty one. His weapons are going real low. Uh, even Mike Kosicki in a shallow tight end pool is going at like tight end nine or ten. I don't have the I don't have the ADP right in front of me, but some somewhere around there. So. People are banking on Tua. So let's look at the wide receivers that he's throwing to. Um, the best option is Will Fuller. I think that's definitely obvious. Tua was 16th in deep completion percentage last season. Um, Fuller is obviously a great deep threat. They did not do these, this by accident, right? They know that this is Tua's strength, and that's why they brought in, brought in Will Fuller. That's why they brought in Jalen Waddle. This looks like an offense that wants to go vertical. And when healthy... Fuller was the wide receiver nine last season in points per game. Not even healthy when not suspended for PEDs. So Will Fuller has always been a guy, and you, you you and Jason coined the Fuller effect, right? A guy that, for whatever reason, is going way lower than where he's going to be ranked weekly in the draft. Will Fuller is one of those guys, like, possibly. He definitely was in Houston. The thing that worries me, is that he's not QB-proof. Will Fuller averaged six targets, three receptions, 38.7 yards, and .1 touchdown. So basically a touchdown every 10 games when Watson was not the QB. That's not good. That is not a guy who's QB-proof. That's a guy who's banking on QB. And basically that's what we're talking about here, right? By the way, suspended one game, Will Fuller. So... It's it's tough for me right now because I feel like late in the draft, I'm taking Will Fuller a lot because of that upside, but he could really disappoint if you're banking on him in any way. But the, but it's kind of baked into the ADP. So I mean, how do you feel about Will Fuller, Michael? You ha- do you have Will Fuller on some squads this year? Yeah. Um. As I mentioned earlier, I'm not. Big Tua fan, but I'm also not completely out on Tua. And right now, the costs for these receivers are a joke. Um, the Will Fuller rule, like you brought up earlier, Tim, is he 
always going to be ranked better than the position in, he, in which he's being drafted? Yes. He's never going to be ranked outside the top 40 receivers, people. So why are you going to let him get drafted outside the top 40 receivers? And then Jalen Waddles, a rookie with upside. He's the one I'm most iffy about at ADP, even though he was a top 10 pick because he's already dealing with and dealing with injuries. And, I mean, that's not great for a rookie. And sometimes rookies take time to acclimate. I'd rather take in Elijah Moore in that area of the draft. They have similar ADPs. But if you want to take the shot on Waddle, I'm not totally against it. And then you got Devontae Parker, who I think is being underdrafted as well. He's outside the top 50 receivers at this point. And he has a top 15, I think, season under his belt. And Will Fuller suspended two games. One He's going to be a starter. One game. One, not two? One. Even better. To even more of a reason to draft Fuller. And Parker's also going to be an outside wide receiver the entire season. I just I don't understand the ADPs of this team. They're being treated as if they're like... I was going to say the Jaguars, but the Jaguars are even more expensive. Like, I mean, if I have to bet, I am betting on the Dolphins offense being better than the Jacksonville offense. So I just think they're the whole industry and the entire fantasy market is too far down on this offense at the moment. A lot of people don't believe in Tua because after last year. Um, Waddle is fast. I, I, you're correct. I, it could interfere with Fuller. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Waddle. Is he going to come out of the slot? If he comes out of the slot, then I think that he'll probably get an opportunity to make plays. Um Devontae Parker, I don't know, man. I don't know what you're... There's no way Devontae Parker ends up on my team. Is there an outside chance that he could be maybe fantasy relevant? Sure. But then not you're banking on Tua not only carrying Will Fuller, but also carrying Devontae Parker. I don't think... Unless you think Devontae Parker is in a situation where he can... Where he's better than Will Fuller, which I don't think that's the case. So No, I don't think that's the case either. But, I mean, look, well... In best ball leagues, I'll separate it. Will Fuller, I mean, Devontae Parker is a better pick. I think he'll have the spike weeks. I do agree that in redraft leagues, he's likely to be an inconsistent player. But when you're drafting him as wide receiver 50 in like the last two or three rounds of your short bench leagues, like going the 13th, 14th round, typically players who have put up uh, years of productivity like Parker has don't go at that part of the draft. Like that's when people are drafting bad players who are who are like handcuffs and things like that. And Parker, I wouldn't be entirely shocked if he plays his way into wide receiver three flux territory. What about Mike Gesicki, who kind of broke out at the end of last year um, with Tua? So how do you feel about Mike Gesicki's... Like he... Gesicki, excuse me. He did it with a much different team around him. A lot more weapons now. Yeah, What's your that's... outlook on Gesicki? That's definitely true. Um, no Fuller or Waddle last season. The big question is, Mike Gesicki did a lot of his work, and a lot of his production came out of uh, slot snaps. It's going to be interesting to see um, how often he comes out of the slot. And some people were um, concerned because Darius Smythe was stealing work in the preseason because he's a better blocker. Well, guess what? The Dolphins are going to use Mike Gesicki who? Excuse me. God bless. <laughs> the Dolphins are going to use Mike Kosicki as an offensive weapon. Like, yeah, it hurts his appeal if he's not on the on the field, 
100 percent of the snaps but that's just not who he's been his entire career anyways he's an offensive weapon he's not going to be a tremendous run blocker at any point so get that out of your heads and it's not like you're going to roster Smythe expecting some breakout performances. Mike Kosicki is an offensive weapon, and that's how they're going to use him. He had a very up-and-down 2020 that ended up decent, ending as a tight end 7. 48 receptions, 656 yards, and 6 touchdowns. Four of those 13 games, he was a top-five tight end. And his Brodo card is very red in the back, which is good to see because red Brodo card means good things. That means he was top 10 every time you see red. On the back of the Broto card, go check it out if you haven't yet. That means he was top 10. Top 10 in reception touchdowns, reception yards, true target value, yards per reception, average depth of target, points per opportunity excluding touchdowns, red zone opportunities, which is a big one, target percentage. So he was a big part of that offense. I don't know if he's going to be as big a part of that offense with Fuller and Parker and um, Waddle there now. But Kasiki has improved every single year in the league, and that's what young tight ends typically do. His third year was this past season. He had his best year yet, but I'd be shocked if he gets even better in his fourth year. Not at all. Um, I don't think he's ever going to reach the Waller, Kittle, Kelsey level, but right now he's going at tight end eight, which is what he was in points per game last year. So, I mean, he's being basically drafted at if expecting what you could get last year, and I think that's a decent bet, especially with the terrible tight end landscape. If you're going to get a guy who last season – 30% of his games was a top five tight end. That's not a terrible bet. I like Kosicki probably in a lot of streaming segments in the upcoming season. Cause he's a good player. Um, that's yeah, something I mean, that the, stood out as well. I said the back of his card is really red. The front of his card is just really tremendous. Like the, the front of his card, his combine numbers and all that, everything is like 90 percentile and above. It's It's a beautiful picture. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, going back to the receivers for one second, I think there's one thing that I forgot to mention that I should mention. Do you put any stock into Tua and um, and Jalen Waddle playing before together in the past in college? Um, slightly, but not too much actually. Um, it's a different ball game at the NFL level, but having previous camaraderie with your quarterback definitely isn't the bad thing. So I'm just just a little peek behind the curtain. Jason was supposed to be on this episode, and he had an emergency thing that went over time. And so he had to bail out of this episode, but he gave me his notes that he has in the episode. And comparing his notes to my notes for Miles Gaskin um, is interesting because he kind of said what I was going to say in a different way, and I, but I like the way that he said it. So I'm going to read it off his notes. Here's the thing. I'm not buying that there will be an RBBC here, running back by committee. Flores showed last season that he clearly would rather employ a workhorse running back. It's a good point. That's the type of role that he wanted. The risk with Gaskin is not that he'll lose some work. It's that he'll become non-existent. There's a guy like Miles Gaskin in every draft every year. They call it the... the the RB dead zone. That's that's where he's being drafted, in the RB dead zone. Underdog guy who had a good season for an up-and-coming team that gets drafted in the RB dead zone, which is rounds, I think, four to seven. Gets drafted in the RB dead zone. And then flops. Flops. 
completely falls on their face, everyone forgets their name forever. And I think Miles Gaskin has a chance to be that. I really do. I feel like it's just flop fall on your face, especially because, all right, Malcolm Brown, it, there was a running back by committee in the last couple of the preseason games. But I just don't buy Miles Gaskin making a giant leap forward or even that he's a very, a really, really good player. I just, I'm, I'm not really buying into that yet. I haven't seen enough. Um, one place that he does excel, though, that Jason points out here is the passing game as well. That's one thing that works well for him. He is more than more than likely going to be the third down back no matter what. Um, 41 ca- uh, catches for 388 yards on 47 targets last season. So a really good catch rate, really good production. Um, there was panic when Malcolm Brown got the start. But Gaskin... I just, I just, I can't see a place where he is carrying the load for the Dolphins as the main guy. So luckily we touched on everyone because Michael also had a little emergency situation just go down. We're getting hit with the remnants of, uh, of the hurricane uh, up here in New York. And Michael lives in a ground floor apartment. So... He gets some flooding issues. Even it's it's actually below ground, uh, partially below ground. So uh, he gets some flooding issues. His he's been flooded out um, right now. So he's trying to fight that flood. Uh, so I am alone. This could be dangerous. I'm alone with you guys for the one um, injury away segment. I for me, the one injury away has to be one of two guys, and we'll we'll talk about because this team has a lot of. They're not great weapons, but a lot of weapons who are at least decent enough or young enough where you're going to spread the ball around. So if Miles Gaskin gets hurt and then Malcolm Brown becomes the every down back, then Malcolm Brown's the guy. If whichever one of these combinations of, and you can't forget Salvin Ahmed, whichever one of this combination of three running backs, Gaskin, Ahmed, and Brown, get hurt, then the other guys will have more opportunity. And that's the same thing with the wide receivers. If Will Fuller gets hurt like he has done every year except the year he was on steroids, uh, Jalen Waddle's going to take that role. So he's more likely. Then you got Albert William, Will, uh, Wilson, excuse me, Preston Williams uh, still on this team. Devontae Parker, who if Fuller gets hurt or Waddle gets hurt, he'll see more targets. So because there's so many X factors on this team, a lot of people can move up in the world because of because of injury which you know it sucks but it's it's the truth um with that being said we are going to continue rolling on uh next time with the last division that's it the summer heat is almost over which means summer's coming to an end <laughs> no uh the last division the nfc east some people would say we save the worst for last um we'll see as we go on uh, the NFC East, not the most impressive division, but there is definitely some gems to be found in Fantasyland, and we are going to tell you all about them next time. Uh, I am at Brodo Tim on uh, Brodo FF Tim, excuse me, on Twitter. So Michael is at Brodo FF Michael. I'm sorry, Mike at Brodo FF Mike. I can't get anything right when I'm when I'm by myself. Apparently, Jason is at Brodo FF Jason Casanova at Brodo F- 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 Casanova. 
Um, at Roto Fantasy for everyone on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Please shoot us a follow because, you know, we don't care about follows really, but other people do. So if you listen to the show and you don't follow us on Twitter, shoot us a follow, even if you're not on Twitter. Uh, it helps out with the perceptions and things of that nature. So, uh, yeah, that's all for us. We are going to be back in the last division of the summer next time. Peace out. Heat wave. Yeah, he's he was drafted to be good. You know, we've been seeing some wide receivers come along later in their careers recently. It's been a little bit of a trend. And, you know, the league is becoming younger and younger every year, including the quarterback position. But it used to be commonplace that someone wouldn't be good for the first five years of their career. Like, that was a, a regular thing that would happen all the time. Like not five years. But yeah. Like they would be the they would be but they would be progressing, progressing, and then they'd become okay, these guys are are solidified, like all star, Pro Bowl kind of guys. Like that would happen. So I think Jason, what you were talking about, where like they signed this guy to big money and they haven't played him in the preseason. I mean, you put two and two together here, they're gonna use this guy and I mean Bill Belichick doesn't have the greatest track record of using wide receivers in the best way but if he moves him into the slot if he moves him around that's a Patriots receiver that has done damage in fantasy before how are you feeling about Nelson Aguilar I mean you said it man uh I'm gonna let Michael talk more about Aguilar because I've said my stuff on him and that's my gist of it that he was signed and he's going to be used. And don't get me started on Jacoby Myers. If I talk about Jacoby Myers, it's just going to be me yelling for the next 30 minutes. This fucking UDFA with less than 50th percentile measurables who has zero touchdowns in his career. And all of a sudden, Jacoby Myers, man, Jacoby Myers. If you're, oh, no, not Jacoby Myers. Draft Nelson Aguilar if you're going to go with the Patriots wide receiver. Jason Angry. <laughs> Michael, what's your yeah. thoughts? Look, like Jason said, it's Aguilar or Myers if you want a piece of this passing offense from the receiver position. History says rookie quarterbacks will have a true throw value around QB 30, um, which is not great for pass catchers, especially pass catchers of Nelson Aguilar and Jacoby Myers' caliber. Because let's be real, they are not A1 wide receivers in this league. Nelson Aguilar had some big games last season was also very, very inefficient at times. He had a wide receiver 13 finish, a wide receiver 12 finish, a wide receiver 11 finish, and a wide receiver 7 finish. That's what people remember when they hear Aguilar. They, re they remember those flashy games. But he also has the same amount of games outside the top 75 wide receivers. Wow, that's a like, large number. Yeah, like he had some big games, but he also had some absolute donut-type games. One catch, two catch, no catches. I don't want someone like that on my team on an offense that I don't expect to play well. Like, in a best ball league, Nelson Aguilar is super cheap. I get it. Maybe he does have those spike weeks. But in a typical redraft league, how could you trust a guy like that? And like Jason brought up, Jacoby Myers is the new big thing, right? He was not nearly as productive as people think last year. Like, he had one huge game against the ridiculously bad Jets, and that was his only game within the top 20 wide receivers. 
he had other decent games, but the majority of his games were outside the top 40 receivers. He had zero touchdowns, which a lot of people will say, you know, that means touchdown regression. He's likely going to, um, it's likely going to score more touchdowns this season. I say, will he be a red zone threat? Will Johnny Smith score the touchdowns? Maybe Nelson Aguilar scores the touchdowns. Maybe Damian Harris rushes in 15 touchdowns. And I'm not even a big Damian Harris guy. Yeah, you can't expect Jacoby Myers to score zero touchdowns again. But can you can you uh, project more than like four or five with confidence? Because I can't. No way. Yeah. So like this is an offense that I'm not super also, interested in in terms of redraft leagues. I get the. I think both of these guys will have some solid games, and they're pretty cheap. In best ball, well, I mean, Jacoby Myers is up to, like, getting drafted within the top, like, 45 receivers, which I think is dumb in best ball leagues. Um, and just generally, this this isn't a pass catcher group that I'm interested in. Like, I just, what's the point of trusting these guys? Also, well, first of all, I'll, I want to correct my mistake. Nelson Aguilar did play a few snaps in the preseason, but he played the least snaps of all the wide receivers. He wasn't out there to prove that he's the number one receiver on that team. What I was also going to add is that they also signed Kendrick Bourne. And I know that that's not a like big name and someone who people got excited about, but they're paying him $5 million a year. They signed him for three years, 15 mil. Nobody's considering him. Like no one has said the name Kendrick Bourne this offseason. All the talk is about Jacoby Myers. I don't buy into, I was going to say fool's gold. Jacoby Myers is not fool's gold. Don't buy into dumbness, I'm going to call it. So it so fool's gold is what you're saying. No, because fool's, fool's gold it silver. at least looks like gold. Fools, but Myers doesn't even look like gold. This is just straight up stupid what stupidity. About, what about fool's bronze? Yeah, I'm that good with that. I'm good with fool's bronze. <laughs> uh, what about the one injury away? Who's a guy who can uh, step up if there's an injury? For me, I'm going Ramondre Stevenson. I think the has to be. Yeah, has to be Ramondre Stevenson. He. I think well, it's simple. Like if Damian Harris goes down, Ramondre Stevenson steps in. And they're saying Ramondre Stevenson looks good catching the ball. So maybe we'll actually have a three down back in oh, no New way. England if something were to happen to Damien Harris. Michael just said a curse word. Three down back. <laughs> I doubt it. I was I said maybe. Taylor will probably I was reading off fastest. I was reading off stats earlier of these guys who all got two hundred fifty carries plus I mean a two hundred carries plus in, in the offense and how many touchdowns they scored. None of them ever caught more than twenty balls. Like this is this is an offense that historically has just had a guy who catches passes and had a has a guy who uh, runs the ball in between the tackles. Uh, with that being said, we're about to run the the heat wave in between the tackles. That kind of made sense a little bit. Nope. Um, as we continue, it's it's almost over, man. The summer's almost over. You know when when Memorial Day starts. I mean Labor Day starts uh, starts coming around. You start smelling the, the the coolness in the air. It's 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 bittersweet. Jason, where could they find you? Because football season's around the corner. At Bernard have Jason. Michael, where could they find you? Because the false air brings pigskins. At Brodo FF Mike, thank you, Fall Air, bringing us pigskins. You could find me as the pigskins leap onto the grass of fall weather. At t- I don't even know where I'm doing going anymore. At Brodo the FF, Tim, it's just what I'm saying is the best part of fall is football. And don't forget at Brodo FF. And Casanova. the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. 
Later. And we didn't get paid for that. Heat wave.